This is a production of NASCAR Dosage, made by the fans, for the fans. NASCAR Dosage, for the fans, by the fans, for you, the fans. Welcome to another episode. Rain at Indy. We had rain in the morning at Kansas. Um, sparks are flying everywhere and anywhere you could think possible in racing this weekend. And we're going to sit here and talk about it. CJ, as always, thanks for joining me. Hello. Everyone else, welcome to another episode of NASCAR Dosage. And we'll just get right into it. CJ, how was your weekend? You know what Like both of those rain races had in common? I woke up for both of them. So clearly I need to just sleep through race day and maybe that'll actually keep the rain. Away. <laughs> no, sleep I had to the race starts. <laughs> yeah. It's raining. It's pouring. Just leave CJ alone. We can go race. <laughs> <laughs> It'll hey, be fine. <laughs> I mean, I already do that with Fox. I don't watch until. The, How was your week? Wait, wait, wait. How was your week? It's been a long week, but we're here. Yeah. A little sleep deprived. Um, mm. A little not hung over today. No, no way. No way. <laughs> not today. No one Yesterday. on earth is hung over today. Yesterday. Yeah, you know, mm. I didn't get out of bed until 1245. But anyways, Jesus, I, I don't get how you can still do that. Like a high schooler lifestyle. I have to be out of bed, but I was in the gym. Yesterday by nine. I'm in my early to mid 20s. What do you mean? Well, so like my little brother, Josh, Hello, Josh, if you're listening, he's nine to 18. He's 18 and he'll do that. He'll like be awake until like 4 a.m. because and then sleep until like 4 p.m. because. Oh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> normally I'm out of bed by like 930 latest. Meanwhile, I'm over here like going over that crest of truly like becoming a self-aware elderly citizen. Of yep. that, I have to go to bed when the sun starts going down. Now, so like the sun goes down, it's like I'm here, sun up, sun down. Yeah, and how many? Down. How many times are you up until like nine, ten o'clock on Xbox with me? Um. Yeah. Fairly often lately. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm feeling <laughs> it. You know what I mean? Like I'm feeling it the next day. So I'm looking at you sleeping until noon or one o'clock. I'm like, how the hell did I lose my way? I think I've done that. <laughs> I've done that one time in the past, like ah. Four months. Really? Yeah. Oh, see, the problem is I have to be up at like typically 5 a.m. the latest, absolute latest. I need to be like at least awake and like dealing yeah. with being awake. <laughs> no, I'm going to make a race rain out somewhere. <laughs> and like I, now it's to the point where I have a day off. I can't sleep past 6 a.m. It just doesn't happen. It I, sucks I no can, matter what I do. If I can sleep until like 830, that's cool. Like I'm good with that. Now, however, am I going to sleep at like 3.30, 4 o'clock when I'm doing that? Probably. But yeah. like four and a half, five and a half hours, I can, I, I'm good all day on that. Mm. I don't need much sleep off of that. Dude, freaking Kurt Busch woke up this weekend, though. He did. That was so fun to watch. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, man. You know what's really cool, though? I didn't see until this morning. Did you know that this was the, the 22nd anniversary of Adam Petty's death? 
And yeah. Adam Petty, for those that don't know, it went Lee Petty, the first generation in the 42 car, which is why the Petty GMS cars now of Eric Jones and uh, Ty Dillwood are 42, 43. <laughs> 42 was Lee Petty. 43 was Richard. 44 was Kyle Petty. And then the 45 was supposed to be Adam. So to see that happen, just completely coincidentally, dumb luck kind of thing. Yeah. That was really, really special. That's what I was thinking in the back of my head as much as I really like Kurt Busch. I was just excited to see that feat be accomplished. Now, one thing I find a little strange. I'm mm-hmm. not going to be taking shots at Bubba with this or anything. But 2311's oh, social media team acting a lot like that this was their first win as a team. Well, because in a lot of ways it was. Let's be real here. Like, yes, they got paid for a win. That's really what it comes down to, that they didn't get anything from that Talladega win because they didn't ba- straight up beat the competition. And this is not any sort of, you know, cross line, whatever yeah. tone, but this is a flat out fact. Like you didn't finish a complete race and it was train shortened. Like the team didn't build their notebook to be like, okay, that last 50 lap run, we did X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? Like that's where that win didn't value them. Yesterday though, yesterday was like, Indianapolis 2008 almost where you're watching every 20 laps just to see who's the next on the lottery wheel of when the tire was going to go. I wouldn't say it was as bad as Indy 08, but it was, it was getting getting there. It was close. In my opinion, that's the closest damn thing we've seen. And like what I was really struggling to try and figure out here. And I'm curious what you think. I mean, I kind of already know what your answer I think is going to be, but it kind of right now feels like it's the teams and drivers versus Goodyear. Oh, like 100%. it feels like the teams and drivers aren't really trying to do anything different to make the tires last longer. You know, like they're not trying to in- boost the tire pressure. They're not trying to take camber out of the wheel. They're not trying to change toe. You know, they're not trying to put right sides on lefts, right? They're not, the teams weren't really trying anything to, to add durability to the left sides from what I was seeing on pit road and like seeing on social media and whatnot. I don't know if you're a team or a driver, why not just back off a few tents? I mean, William Byron should have done that. He wouldn't have had a flat. Um, Suarez just came out of nowhere. Reddick. It's just pure Reddick luck the past two years. Yeah. Um, if they weren't for bad luck, he'd have no luck at all. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, he's like how Kyle Larson was until he got his first win. He's like how Chase Elliott was until he got his first win. I'll go as far back because I am a fanboy of him and say that He's just like Casey Kane until he got his first win. I'd I'd say it's a fair assessment because now that's, that's interesting, man, because that level of talent, I would reckon is the same Tyler Reddick and Casey Kane. I could see having similar success. Yeah. I just don't think the RCR equipment is there. I think sadly it's going to be a lot like Larson to HMS. Yeah. You're going to have to unfortunately see just how bad the equipment is at Ganassi once he gets into Hendrick. I mean, and we saw that with Larson. The moment the moment he was able to get out of Ganassi, you know, not really under the proper circumstances. Yeah, yeah. And he got Word up on that. Wow, you're smirking <laughs> about it. I was keeping a serious face. You're over here. Just I'm just laughing because I <laughs> Okay. All right. Look, to address everybody that's listening to the podcast, I'm only laughing because there have been so many memes about the circumstances around that. Chris and I sim race a lot. So I, I, it wasn't because the situation isn't to be taken seriously and how Kyle Larson lost his ride. I, I was laughing because I, I just don't think of all the funny memes and stuff that came up about There's how so bad many. his judgment is. There's so <laughs> many. Oh, man. 
Joseph Newgarden's face was the most priceless one out of all. I was watching that live when that happened. <laughs> you can see his face. <laughs> and he my favorite like, part hey, that is yo. the very first thing that the next person said on the radio was, well, there goes sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just and then you just hear, uh, Kyle, everyone heard you. <laughs> But that's what he needed, right? He needed to to grow up yeah. a little bit and, and to move past that. And so his circumstances are not, you know, direct com- one-to-one comparison, right? No. But, but Tyler Reddick. I do think, I do think RC, RCR is very good. Yeah. But they're just yeah. like a third well, place. They're like a third place instead of a first place. Are they good or have they just gotten better? You know what I mean? Like, is, is RCR actually good again? Or have they just gotten better? I would you know? say they're good again. Austin Dillon can beat any of the other, like, major teams on any given day. That's Yeah, that's the part that hangs me up, right? Tyler Reddick can like, both, obviously do it. Both cars are performing. Yeah. You know, it's not like... And one thing I am seeing, especially so, is that RCR is one of those teams that is not making huge mistakes on pit road. No, like they're not making massive mistakes, but the setups are all, I don't know. It didn't seem like it mattered what manufacturer you were to have the tire go down. So I don't think it's a downforce thing. And what I thought was super interesting is every time somebody had spun and hit the apron, I had wondered to myself, how much is that screwing up the floor? You know, because now as we saw at Daytona right away, everybody saw the bottom of these race cars. They're totally flat. Yeah. You know, like I'm sitting at a flat black table right now. This is exactly what the floor pan of the car looks like, the under tray. So when you spin, right, you can imagine something this big. It hits that transition between the apron and the banking. I had wondered, and I feel like I kind of got my question answered a little bit. Because the teams are starting to figure out how to fix these cars, people would have a spin, slam the diffuser on the ground or on the transition between the apron and the, the banking, yeah. and then get the car running again. And now the car, for some reason or another, is just not even comparably close to how fast it was before. And so you have to wonder, is that damage to the floor really that, that sensitive now on these? I think, I think it is. Which yeah. then leads me to, not to interrupt you, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know if you noticed it. I didn't see a particular manufacturer that was more affected by it yesterday. Chevy. May, yeah. Chevy had like five tires go down alone in the race. So, yeah. Now Byron's car didn't get messed up when he had his, but Reddick's did. He also slammed the wall when he did it. Yeah, he he uh, knows it pretty good. Chase did, you know, like a triple three sixty. I'm surprised he didn't flip the damn thing the way he was coming up and down off the banking. Can we just uh, say that Kyle Larson has like an unworldly amount of talent? In a race card, that save that he had in front of—I was going to go with another T word right there, but yeah. <laughs> for <laughs> jeez, I watched that and I like jumped. That was one of those moments where I actually jumped off the couch as if Dude, we were watching like a touchdown pass being thrown. You, that was some damn good racing. You know how yesterday or last night, and you know to everyone listening, yes, this sounds weird, but when we were racing the solstices. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have Pontiac Solstice that we've been messing around with, trying to make yeah. like a goodies dash car. <laughs> yep. um, Kenny was behind me. I got into three, and all of a sudden my car was sideways, and I straightened it out. And Kenny's like, "Dude, 
all I saw was your door right there. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and then I, it's, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Like, you you yeah. get that point where you can kind of just, I mean, with, with your save, at least on the sim last night, like that was just good driving. You just knew it was going to step out and you caught it in time. Those Pontiac solstices are a lot of fun. Um, but with, with Larson, it, you could see that having, I don't know, this is where my like engineering tinfoil hat comes on. I really do think he saved that car because of the foam core bumper. I mean, because he, that, sa- he saved it, yeah, because of the wall, but you know. Right, but what I'm, that's what I'm yeah. saying is like he didn't bend up the rear clip of the car and it was it's not as rigid. Like that rear bumper bar behind that wheel isn't so stiff that when yeah. he hit the wall, it would tweak, right? And now mess up the arrow. It's just like in your car. Like there's a beam going across, like now it's a thin piece of aluminum with a big section of foam in front of it. So he was able to lean that car on the wall and the wall was just like the car kind of found a way to, to morph inward, like a pad almost, right? Like something squishy and just kind of absorb that hit and just spit him back out. So now you see somebody like Larson who can handle something like that being thrown at him in front of everyone. That was unbelievable to see. I really do think that one was one of those good saves that was, the foam bumpers help. Oh, a hundred percent. I, I, I honestly, if you can look past the shit show, it was a really good race. Even with the shit show, I would say it was still a good race, but I, without that, it was a really good race. I thought it was just a, a damn good race. I really liked it. Like, I, I don't know. Like I, all I could think to myself was like, okay, if I'm, one of these guys out there driving, I might be backing off the 10th from this time. Yeah. Their stickers onward from what I know, like qualifying times were because I'm that worried about it. And it looked to me like not only does it, this is where I was going with this from that comment earlier would and agreeing that this really is 2311's first win it's because they found actual changes to the car. And Kurt Busch said it on the TV broadcast, at least in the in-car, we made changes and the car responded. And that's the kind of stuff that 2311 is going to take back to the shop and be like, look, <laughs> see this shit show <laughs> as they like sift through things in the table. Be like, Remember how terrible this has been? And they're going to see this one little like shimmering gold thing coming out. And they're going to be like, and it's going to be like the suitcase from Pulp Fiction where it just glows. <laughs> like that's the level of like the notes that they just got from this whole deal. Oh boy. And, and he was the only one that hung on. Yeah. Kurt Busch was the only one that seemed to be able to understand. Ironically, too, he called the truck race. Oh, yeah. Which was, yeah. you kind of wonder, did that help? I don't think it often does because there's a lot of people that call the Xfinity or the truck race. And, like, you know, only so much will happen. But, well, yeah. But I mean, like, getting to watch how the racetrack progressed, like the condition of the race, yeah. to, to me, as I was thinking about it yesterday morning and I realized that they were going to be going to a green racetrack, I had watched, you know, the whole ARCA race and the whole truck race because they were on one after the other. And then all of cup practice was in the around the race was, um, I don't even want to talk bites. about it. I don't want to talk sound about bites. it. I'm not happy about anything that went on with that. That wasn't right of, I'm not even going to go into it. It wasn't right. Of that Bill Venturini uh, finally said right. something we've all been thinking. <laughs> Look, and I agree with you, but I, that kind of actually rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Like, yes, Drew Dollar really could use like a swift kick in the ass to figure things out. But Billy Venturini should be a little more of an ambassador than that, you know, because he could really ruin or end somebody's career 
saying something like that. For the well, most I mean, part. when he's speaking facts. Yeah, and I'm not saying that, but you know, he, the kids still got money. You know, so he's still going to pay for a seat somewhere cool. else. So he's, he you're still going to race against him. He tore up David Gilliland's shit when he was racing against him. He tore up Billy Venturini's shit when he was racing for him. He tore up Billy Venturini's shit when he was racing against him. He tore up Kyle Busch's shit when he was racing for him in ARCA and in trucks. I, I, yeah. <laughs> He's a wrecking ball. <laughs> Here we go. He did it. <laughs> it took us, what, 10 minutes? Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's, all right, let's touch on that then. Because, see, you, see, what you people can't see at home, this is how much I'm starting to take this seriously because we're doing really good. See? We got, got no. I got pen and paper. We're doing good. <laughs> Things have been going well. Can we just talk about though? I went on a fucking tear last week. Oh, there we go. I said it. <laughs> but I want to tear. I went on a tear last week about that. I don't think Joey Logano necessarily did anything wrong, and I didn't think that he did anything wrong with how he, you know, moved the twenty-four out of the way. Yeah. But let, let's look at something. You know, let, let's take a second to really like break this down for the viewers that that aren't really like one hundred percent familiar with what racing etiquette means. Most people saw by now what happened with the 24 and the 22 last weekend at Darlington. The 24 arguably slowed down more to try and slow down the 22 car. So the 22 wouldn't have the momentum to go around. Right. It's either like, you got to, you got to slow down with me so that you don't hit me. And Joey Logano is like, or I just hate you. (laughs) And so he actually bumped him. And that was the controversy. So can we just appreciate the 45 and the five and how they raced? That was amazing. Actually racing? Hard, oh clean God. racing. Like, oh hard, clean God. racing. Kyle Larson was on the losing end of that whole deal. Like, <laughs> Kyle Larson was on yeah, the bad end of that deal. But he this, was smiling when he got out of the race car. Well, that's because, did you hear on the broadcast when they put on his radio all of a sudden? And Daniels was like, the 45 put you in the wall. And he was like, no, he didn't. Like, I, was, <laughs> I put myself in the wall. <laughs> like, <laughs> You're going to be honest. Yeah. Right? Like, you know why? You know why Kyle Larson said that? Because he cares that I passed you straight out. I beat you clean. And there's an emphasis on the best drivers of when you, you, you beat somebody, you want to do it clean. I don't need to wreck you to beat you. I just need to be on the same racetrack as you and I'll beat you. <laughs> exactly. And I, I loved seeing that. Like it, it, it sells better to have the rivalries, right? And I'm sure Cliff... Daniels might have been thinking that, you know, just to see if like, maybe I can convince Kyle, even if it wasn't justified, he'll dump the 45. If there's another restart coming, you know, he'll, he'll try and race the 45 even harder if he thinks it was on purpose. Right. Not kind of realizing that somebody like Kyle Larson would flat out say like, what the hell was that? Or just say like, no, it was me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I give it dinner. And uh, like, there's, you know, like Kyle Larson has such a different, way of going about things than almost oh yeah any other driver on the track does like sure is he like insanely aggressive yeah nine times out of ten will he make the right amount of aggressive move yeah sure we've seen twice this year that he didn't but but, i mean yeah i mean he's human you know yeah he is a, a, a generational talent I am so excited for the day we get to see him in the Indy 500 because he is truly on that level, in my opinion, 
It, it might happen. It, it's well, I mean, it's going to happen. Car when it happens. I think it's going to be in a Ganassi car. I think that if Kyle Larson goes to the Indy 500, it's going to be a Ganassi car. Why, but, I want to know why it won't, it not won't yet. be a Ganassi car? Not yet, because I want to wait till we get to the Indy <sighs> review, the Indy recap. Because okay. I really want it. Yeah, I really because want to I have hear something it. very important to point out once we do get to it. Okay, well, well, I know that, you know, looking at Kansas. Yeah. Do you feel, before we move on to the IndyCar race, do you feel that there is now a distinguishable number of teams that are starting to figure this car out? One thing that I noticed was the guys that were quick from the beginning of the season to now were quick again yesterday. 2311, mm-hmm. Gibbs, Hendrick, RCR, Trackhouse, not even say Petty GMS. I'm not going to say any Fords, only because Chevy bitched about the Fords so much to start the year that they had to have the whole entire Fords front end get fixed. Fixed. Bullshit. Right. That right. was Chevy just trying to basically eliminate one of their opponents. Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of the ways, that's how you could look at it. Because of it. There it is again. And it, There's well, three. It, There's all three of ours. Um, hey, it, it does make you wonder. We talked about it at the beginning of the season. How big was that advantage, really? Like, how much, how much of an advantage did they have that they make them change it? Was it not much, or was this, yes? Surely Chevrolet it wasn't was much, because the Chevys have... Now they've dominated, yeah. It, dominated, and the Toyotas are far. starting to hit their full song their right show, now. Yeah. Well, we're yeah. getting to those racetracks at this time of the year, too. Like, we we called this. I don't know exactly what podcast we talked about it, but we called this. The Toyotas have good downforce. Yeah. All of the Toyota teams have really good downforce. And this time of the year now, we get to those hot racetracks where you need to have grip and not just lean on the mechanical grip so much. It's going to start to show. We called that months ago because it's just, you know, basic racing 101. If it gets hot and slick, you can't really rely on the car and the suspension to grab and yeah. The yeah. four teams can't get any of that right now because there's only so much you can do to the cars mm-hmm. that because their whole front end got changed, they just can't do anything. The only thing too yesterday that I absolutely loved, and it made me so outrageously happy that Fox made the right call and let us keep watching. And that was how to get that damn wheel off the 43 car on the right rear. Dude, Chris, I was on Dude. the edge of my seat to see how they were going to fix that. That's Mer- what I want to see more of. Mercedes was randomly what turned on NASCAR one day and they were watching yesterday and they, went, and they probably went, huh, first time. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're probably like, why not just unbolt the whole upright? Because <laughs> they couldn't get the to it. <laughs> Takes the upright down to Kyle Bosky. <laughs> Give me the fucking wheel of Bosky. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> I just watched that movie like two days ago. <laughs> Jesus I love Christ. you said Mercedes. How do we get to the Big Lebowski? <laughs> I really loved that, though. I loved that they were letting the team work on the car that way. That was yes. really cool to have a chance to see, like, what does creativity truly look like? Yeah. You know, like if you were to be like a Mercedes, right? Somebody that literally sat down with the car they had and obsessed and poured over it and just did nothing but be so hyper-focused on this one vehicle that all the ins and outs, they understood to a point where they could maximize the engineering, but you yeah. had to be creative to do it, right? You had to find a, a way to make that happen. That wheel gets stuck on there and everyone's like, oh, their day's done because they can't get the wheel off. No, no. You just need to get the Not wheel entirely. off and see if there's threads. And you know the funniest part? 
They yeah. cut the wheel off to get it off. The threads were fine. The threads were fine. <laughs> Dude. So we complain the wheels aren't strong. Shit, there's your answer. <laughs> oh, I'm <man>. done. <laughs> I'm done. You're done. I just. Are you I, done? I'm, I think that if anything, in my head, I'm realizing now, everybody that has said that the single lug was unsafe, there was your answer. The threads were still good. They cut the wheel off and slammed the thing off and the threads were still good. Yeah. I don't know. I I, uh, I, I absolutely love that they talked to the, to the tire carrier afterwards. Because he was just like, I don't know, we tried hitting the thing, and you know, eventually we got it off. <laughs> I loved that. And I loved how Clint Boyer was like, that's my guy right here. He's going to be yeah. the one. He's like, that's the one I want to talk to. Like, <laughs> that made me so happy. Oh, man. I mean, yeah, like if I were Clint Boyer and thinking like, I'm going to be out in bar fight in a minute here, like I'd be looking at that guy too and be like, I, I, I know I would team. be too. <laughs> I would be like to have you fighting with me and not against me, please. Yeah. I was just like, that makes sense. Checks out 100%. Oh, oh man. All in all, I thought it was a great race. I liked the, the cup race this week. Hell yeah. It, it, was, it was a fun race. Um, I'd even argue some of the parts that I saw in the truck race was a fun race too. It didn't look like that was as much the typical shit show though. So that was good. Yeah. I, I, if anything, I thought it was to be honest, like way too boring. The the cars are not even the, the, the trucks to the cars, which they're both cars. It's just the body. Yeah. It like it, I don't know. They're so non-comparable. It doesn't seem beneficial. You know, I don't know what you'd be learning. As I'm watching what it's taking to drive the trucks quick, I don't know what you would be learning to then go to Xfinity that would then you'd be prepared for, if that makes sense. They just don't run the same at all. It seems like a lost cause to me, the truck series at this point. Yeah, unfortunately. Sadly, that's just my honest opinion. I think they need to have, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, a really big change to the cars. You look uh, intrigued at something. I, I was listening to what you're saying, and I'm like, that that is very true. I think we could take a look at the cars that we have or the trucks that we have, whatever. Um, and like Brandon said the one day, make it an open bed. Yeah, like how big of a change Raise up would the that ride be? height. Yeah. You know, maybe actually like go to tracks that would make it a truck series and not a yeah. Dude, another like, racing series. I don't know. I watched the cup race yesterday and it felt like I was watching a race that was back with the, the gen four car at times, because you see the ride height changing so much. Like these cars have so much more body roll than they've had previously. You know, the cars aren't just like stuck to the ground like the gen six was and never moving, you know, like the gen six, yeah. the front end just never left the ground. These cars, you see daylight under them coming out of the corner and then you see it all go away as they start to nose in and roll through. I've been requested to send a video of all the cars behind me. Oh. Yes. So you finally found a lady friend who likes your car collection. Um, oh, it's <laughs> going to sound bad no matter how I word it. Perfect. Now you have to answer then. <laughs> it was Mike that asked. So <laughs> <laughs> this is awkward because it's his lady friend's birthday. Um that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I shot the sheriff. 
<laughs> so anyway the indycar race <laughs> indycar race oh and man I, oh rain rain did not go away Don't that was how a much tough one to watch it. that it was, was tough a little painful at the end no bias reason at all no bias reason at all i think you're a little biased but it's no. okay <laughs> biased reason at all perfectly fine perfectly sane I do think Jump it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting thing to see if uh, if a certain driver stays for a certain team next year and isn't uh, isn't in a McLaren F1 car. <laughs> oh. oh, you're going that far right away. Okay, I think it's possible. I I don't know. Colton heard his performance yesterday or uh, uh, Saturday, excuse me, in the rain was it, it was undeniably dominant. Like that was a very, very good run on his part. He made everything work with all the same variables everyone else did, yeah. right? Which was difficult to begin with. Like to run a race where it's, you start like extreme wet and then it starts to create a almost fully dry line to then now a damp line, which in reality is just when you, so, so when you have rubber into a racetrack for, for anybody that might be kind of learning about this for the first time, right? You and I know this, but when you have rubber in a racetrack, it, if you took the asphalt and took a cross section of it, it's like a sponge. There's, there's yeah. holes in it. There's openings. And so as you run, you're forcing pieces of rubber in there, which stick. And those are the marbles and the dust that you see on the outside of the racetrack. So as you start to run laps, that rubber becomes saturated. And so what does it do? Instead of just filling the asphalt, it now builds up a layer on top of it. That's why when you see the cars drive over it, you can see like when it's a hot day, if they run through the marbles, there's like all of a sudden just cleaned it all up because it's picking up all that hot rubber with it. So they went and laid down all that rubber and then it rained. So it becomes like ice, like slick. And then it goes extreme wet. So now that rubber starts to wash away. So now it goes from like super slippery to all of a sudden the grip is kind of coming back because it's been scrubbed away along with the water. So it's not being picked up by the tires. It's being like shoved off the, the racing line. But then it goes back to dry <laughs> so they start putting rubber down again and then it starts raining again so you get fresh rubber that has not been washed off that is quite literally one of the most difficult track conditions that you could race period because wet, you just dry, don't know what where... dry ish you just wet, don't know where the grip wet. is going to be each corner it changes that fast right like yeah. when you have that much rain that much rubber being put in the racetrack at the same time it, total fucking equalizer. Well, that's that's because you have uh, you have Indy is a very large track. True, it could be downpouring straight down the front stretch, and even though the back stretch doesn't seem that far from the front stretch, it was completely dry. Mm -hmm. It was completely dry. Yeah, I I, I really. I don't know, dude. I like the Indy Grand Prix. I like kicking off the month of May with the race at the road course. There was like some prestige. It felt like, like just the way oh, Lady Diffie called the race. I don't know. It, 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 felt, it had a different vibe yesterday. I don't know what it was. hundred. It's becoming like a, a staple of May. And I, I love it because I remember when they started doing it for the first yeah. time. Right. We were like, oh, this is a cool little gig. Like, is it going to stick? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, like they're like walking over to the idea of like the Indy GP with like a stick and they're like, poking it like, will it do something? And now it's just like <laughs> pop it, it, has the ground, like it has done yeah. something the past few years, I would argue. I'm the daddy, I'm home. 
<laughs> oh my god. Back home again in <laughs> Indiana. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited, dude. I cannot wait for Indy. So what the hell were you saying earlier? Okay, so we're talking about Larson and Ryan in, or racing in the 500. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, no, he'll probably race for Ganassi. And the reason mm-hmm. why he won't, won't race for Ganassi is because what engine does Ganassi run an Indy car? Honda. Yeah. What does Penske run? Chevrolet. Who has been talking about Larson running the Indy 500 the most? Chip Ganassi and Roger Penske. Who has done it the most over the past year and a half? Fine, Roger Penske. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right, but this is where I contend to you on that point, and I wanted to give us ample time for us to discuss this matter in adult ways. I disagree with you, because it doesn't come down to, and case in point is Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson, it didn't matter. He had a really tight GM affiliation, but the thought of going to IndyCar was enough to make him jump. And it was to the point where GM, and I'm sure we can find more articles on this somewhere at some time, but they were okay with that. So long as, right, he was going to stick with certain commitments in other racing programs, like Cadillac DPI, because that's a GM product. Yeah. So he is basically playing both sides of the field. And it's not a Toyota. That was the other thing that Chevrolet had kind of said. Like, if Toyota comes to IndyCar, you can't run a Toyota and IndyCar and be a GM affiliate. Yeah. Because Toyota and GM do not like each other. They are, but they're direct competitors in the market space, right? Yep. So they're like their market share together. If one of them gets any sort of an advantage on the other, oh no, like that's that can't happen. That could yeah. that could literally have like <laughs> catastrophic consequences. This is, this is why I think when NASCAR goes to their hybrid era in the next couple of years. Ironically, the same time as IndyCar is. You should Toyota jump in both. No, who's the one team that runs in both series? Ganassi. Wait, what What two series? NASCAR and IndyCar. Okay, Penske. Yes. Okay, I was confused. Who's going to have the advantage when it comes to like, because their engines are, or their, their powertrains going to be Extremely similar. Yeah. Off the shelf stuff, you yeah. know, like it's not going to be a development area. V6, I believe twin turbo hybrid. I, so I had seen that it was going to still be up to the teams, but they were going to open up the regulations so that the output horsepower had to be about the same. So like how you deploy it, what you do, like all that stuff. Like, yeah, we're getting into that part where NASCAR is going to be like, okay, pit speed limiters, all this other great stuff. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Like, because it wasn't, I think they're kind of seeing like it didn't make V8 supercars change its fan base at all. No. The, for, for those who don't know, well, actually V8 supercars, their fan base was like, no, we're keeping our V8s. You're not getting rid of them. You at, can we just appreciate though, how gorgeous those cars look for those who have no idea what we're talking about. The oh supercars series in Australia right oh. now this, that's what NASCAR oh. needs to be, dude. Oh There's no God. fucking reason why it's not. Because that is a that it's a GT4 Mustang in a GT4 Camaro with racing stuff on it. It's the car. Yes. The car. T-H-E-E car. <laughs> like, it doesn't look like it's an interpretation of what the car is supposed to be. They are the cars. And supercars in Australia, which was V8 supercars, was, it was like basically... 
Australia's version of NASCAR. And they only ran road courses. They had you know, really high-tech, state-of-the-art cars, like somewhere between sports cars and prototype racing. And NASCAR, meanwhile, had a similar product of V8 engines racing in close proximity at high speeds, which is the same thing that Australian fans are like, oh, oh yeah, I can't doubt that. <laughs> hey, Beavis, I wonder how many butts she has. <laughs> like, they, they were looking at each other and kind of like, huh, what are you guys doing? It's like the Spider-Man meme all over again. Yeah. It's Australia and America like, wait, we're doing the same thing. and didn't even freaking realize it. So what do they do? They send Daryl freaking wall trip down there <laughs> to go and be like, huh, this is interesting, man. This is really interesting. So they're doing like what we're doing. And so what happens? He comes back, brings Marcus Ambrose with him. And this entire time, the supercar series and NASCAR have been talking. The difference is, though, with them being so close to the Asian market, being in Australia, you can't fight the V6s are coming. You know, so what did they do instead? They had to shut down the Australian car manufacturers, the last of them. There's no more cars being built in Australia now. Think about that. There's no more cars being built in Australia now. That's insane. So what do you have left? You had Holden, which was already a GM subsidiary that are just like, like we're going to just, it's the equivalent of like, we're going to rip the mask off. Now we're just Chevrolet here. Okay. I'm sorry. Like Holden's gone. We're an American car company. And Ford, who was already known in Australia as the American car company, which to them is foreign, right? That's not American V8 pride down there like yeah. it is here. So once that sort of like bridge had been crossed, now they had you know, V6 for a couple of years with a Holden that was actually a Buick and nobody really complained because the sound was the same. The car sounded the same. If you didn't tell anybody it had a V6 in it, you wouldn't have heard a difference. No. And now they're back to, it's just Chevy, Ford, Camaro, Mustang. And if you haven't seen them, ladies and gents, please go Google the next gen Australian supercar because it is a one-to-one car that you get off the trip, off the, the show. I would argue that the Mustang looks better in supercars than it does in NASCAR. And the NASCAR Mustang already you. looks beautiful as it is. I think that, yes, they are different and they have to have different things. But what I don't understand is that the same, the same caliber engineers in Australia yeah. found a way to make that car safe. That's the bottom line. And that's what NASCAR would tell you repeatedly is that, <laughs> they're coming after me man because i'm talking shit <laughs> like i i just don't see how they're making that shape be safe right like that the chassis is safe nascars are built so big and robust because they're supposed to be safe air well, um, i tell you what the lara didn't design didn't design the gen 3 chassis for the supercars who did i think it was supercars themselves like i think it was oh oh oh, yes supercars well yeah with the manufacturers yeah the manufacturers are also building those cars i am 99 sure that the v8 the you have to stop calling v8 supercars but the the australian supercar series (laughs) i'm pretty sure they're buying the teams uh, straight from the manufacturer buying from chevrolet buying from ford which you go to your point okay we're getting back to indy to indycar and kyle larson and why I think Ganassi is more important. After all that's been said, okay, it doesn't matter who the manufacturer is unless Chevrolet is going to foot the bill for Penske to bring another car. And then Penske still has to be willing to say, like, yeah, we're down with that. We can do that. Yeah, you know, you know who's going to do that, though? You know who's going to sponsor the car to bring a car there for Indy? Hendrick, maybe. Hendrick's going to drop his nutsack but of what money makes you there think- at 
at Penske and be like, hey, uh-uh. you got big nutsack money. I got big nutsack money. Let's put car for my driver that's in NASCAR in your Indy car. And Penske's going to go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no soup for you. <laughs> I don't think so. Because Roger Penske owns dealerships. Yeah. So I don't think he's going to put a direct competitor on the car. Like It's like Carvana, right? Carvana is not going against any of the other sponsors on the cars. But Chip doesn't have dealerships the same way Roger Penske does and Brick Hendrick does, where a lot of their empire money, I mean, granted, Roger Penske's, I think, came from more other industries and avenues and stuff. Right, right. The the fleet truck and stuff. But, you know, they started... Profit on all of his motorsports that he's been in and not taking losses. Right, exactly. Like, he (laughs) he 100% has the money. It's just what he want to. You know, I think with that argument... You could see a Penske truck's fucking oh, shit indy car again <laughs> so oh. excited he gets <laughs> dude i love the penske truck rental schemes they just all oh, are liveries they always look so good they're so clean like, they do look good i just i wish everybody could see how excited you just got it. <laughs> you're a fucking man child <laughs> yes that's why i had mac and cheese and whiskey last night while we were racing <laughs> i get a text from this man out of nowhere Fucking mac and cheese and whiskey. <laughs> Please leave these parts in and just put a, a, a bold beep over it because that's yeah. you can't like tell these stories any other way. Oh. In my head, I remember this last night. I didn't even say this this morning. I was like, oh, it's time for me to go to bed. Like, <laughs> Chris is getting that kind of freaking headspace. <laughs> mac and cheese and whiskey. Yeah, like that, I feel like that has to be such a like level of the blues to like be able to, your brain is like, Man, I could really go for mac and cheese, like cheesy gooiness, and like hard straight whiskey. <laughs> I don't know; it doesn't really seem appetizing to me. But oh god, <laughs> he pulls it out from under his desk. He's got a giant bottle of old whiskey, old smoky whiskey. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot make this up as this is unfolding in front of me right now. <laughs> it is 10.07 in the morning. Sweet Jesus. We're going to have to, dude, I, we're going to have to like have a podcast as an intervention for you. No. <laughs> the most important beer of the day. Is <laughs> serving, it up, serving it up. Breakfast way. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Our house. <laughs> we have beer for our cereal. Our house. <laughs> oh god. We have gone way out in left field. It doesn't matter though, right? No, like, no I, I no. don't think so. Not really. But you know, it does matter. We we need to make a decision right here for everybody listening to understand if we are going to or not. Uh, we gonna give BV picks, or uh, is he gonna have to start taking some? Uh, he failed pre-race inspection, and he's not gonna get to finish his picks. I don't. I don't think uh, he's gonna get to do his picks this week. I don't know uh, where the where the where the guy's been. So I think he's so. Uh, SOL we, on picks. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking we just like we're we are now charters, okay? And I am by this imaginary currency that we're just now creating. I've now bought my own charter for this season. So I will have picks every week. <laughs> He's going to have to buy his charter back. <laughs> That's how this works, right? Yeah. This is how we make money. Perfect. I love it. Perfect. Is this called racketeering or something? Probably. No, this is legal. No, no I think this yeah. is fine. 
Yeah. It's fine. If you don't think about it, you just plead ignorance. Yeah. It's, it's okay. Fine. Good. I didn't realize I left my car idling in the garage. It's fine. I don't <laughs> plead ignorance. <laughs> who's, who's your favorite for it? Wait. Where are we going? <laughs> where are we going this week? Why am I blanking? See, I shouldn't have left the car idling in the garage. <laughs> are we going to the all? Where are we going? We're going to the all star race. The all star. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, Texas. Oh my uh, God. So, everybody that has never seen Texas Motor Speedway, because surprisingly, when we looked at the analytics, there's a lot of like people that don't really follow much other racing and listen to this show. So, to kind of uh, give some insight to everybody, Texas the all star race, the trash that came out of a dumpster on fire. Yes. And the all star race go race, right along with it. Well, it wasn't always that way. And I'll, I will show my old man side for just a second here. Oh, because no, it, the all-star race it wasn't, yeah. In the late 90s, and those are some of the first races. So, like, let me paint a picture for you here. I was six years old in, like, the most formidable years of my late, life. Late 90s? Fuck, you're old, dude. No. I am old, dude. <laughs> but, like, I, it's, it's what I'm saying. Like, it was something you look forward to. My, my parents threw parties. You know what I mean? Like all like the aunts and uncles and stuff were over and they were all like drinking and having like fun food. And yeah. you're a little kid and you're like, I get to stay up late and hang out with everybody. This is great. <laughs> and you're watching all-star race. And like, you talk about that Penske paint scheme and like, you know, you saw the paint schemes of the cars that people throw back to now. It was an actual spectacle. It yeah. was a thing. The all-star, this is how passionate I am about this. What? Because the all-star race was, I remember the years where it was, when you look back at the glory days, it truly was a spectacle that just celebrate the best in the sport right now and some of the best things that they used to do like they had um the pit stop challenge which i loved that was such a cool event it was you know basically everybody did a section of the pit stop on a like a control car but then they had a car that they had to push across the finish line loved that idea i loved the um the crew chief race that they had one year you know they used to do fun stuff like this now now they do stupid shit like go to fucking texas where there's no group, there's no racing line, there's nobody there that cares. It was in Charlotte, where the yeah. teams were, where they're yeah. going next week. To It made the whole month of May fit NASCAR's mantra because you're in the hub of your sport. You're in right where it's supposed to be for two weeks straight. Same yeah. as IndyCar in Indianapolis for two weeks straight. The enjoyable part of racing in the United States at the time back then was the fact that NASCAR was celebrating and it felt like, IndyCar was already obviously celebrating. So motorsports world, if you were a, a kid back then in the United States, was fucking exciting. It was so exciting. You had the two biggest races of the year coming up for both leagues. You it know, and now fighting up until the pandemic. And that's when it shit the bed because then they went to Bristol. They did stupid shit, like started messing with the numbers, but then there was nothing else there. That yeah. was it. Like that was that was the whole gimmick. There was no like rules package changes or tire compound changes or something fun to kind of throw like a curveball at them. But it, they th- that's ran not the even... 70 fit or 750 package there before they even did that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there were things that they were trying that, that kind of, it made it interesting, but now it's become overly complicated. It's become overly too much of a pageantry kind of thing. I'm as not even going to lie like, to you. I'm not even sure if I'll watch it. I don't know if I'm going to watch it. I'm, be, I'm so glad you said that. I would rather watch Indy. I would rather watch all the practices. I'm going to be racing in your league at the time that the all-star race is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Which means like, I'm not, and so I'm not even going to have it probably on in the background. 
I probably won't. This is part of why, you know, maybe we've been hinting at some things and whatever, some flaws in, in NASCAR, but let us maybe, uh, let us maybe, uh, you know, take another seed and uh, fucking chuck it at you and see if it grows. Mm-hmm. IndyCar over the next few weeks. Now, I don't, I had the schedule in front of me here. My fan just blew it away <laughs> and I haven't had a chance as Christmas. My phone is messed up, but here's the schedule for IndyCar at Indianapolis over the next couple of weeks. You have your first and second practices. Yep. Then you have qualifying. Then you have third, fourth practices and you have carb day, right? So you have all these practice sessions that span the entire week, the whole next two weeks. There's practice basically every single day, which means Tuesday practice one, Tuesday practice two, Wednesday will be practice three, Thursday will be practice four, Friday, this Friday will be practice five known as fast Friday. And then another Friday practice. Always fun to watch will be on Friday. We got qualifications on day one, so Saturday, so the bump day. No. Mm-hmm. no. Although I don't think there's going to be actually any bumping this there's year. Not, but There's not this year, no. Bumping used to be, for those that are wondering, when like 50 cars would show up, and it's always been only 33 because they also start the Indy 500 three wide. So it's 11 rows of three is the whole, like, I don't know. It just stuck. It's a historic thing. Like F1 does it too. I don't know. <laughs> Sunday. We have another practice session in the early afternoon before the top 12 and fast six. Cause it's a fast six and not a fast nine. And don't they, are they doing it the next day again this year? Yeah. Okay. So what that also means to those listening is they, so you think about how IndyCar is, they're qualifying. Now they start with two groups of 12 and then the fast six from both get into the fast 12, which is then that last group of 12 is, you know, that's how you qualify for the race. What they're doing this year is the fast six are going to be their own qualifying race the next day. So it's an open practice session. And in Indianapolis, it's not about your time like it is in basically everything else. It's your average speed, mode average speed, over four laps. Yep. So that's how you qualify for the Indy 500. It's not even time. It's just what is your, yeah. your mode average speed, your calculated speed. So then we got pra- another practice on monday the 23rd and then obviously on friday we'll have carb day so with all of that okay why would you want to watch the all-star race <laughs> indianapolis is going to be what's there to watch baby that's that is the good shit well i tell you what and i don't know if you'll be watching indycar or if you'll be watching nascar the following week after indy but i'll be watching indycar yeah yeah so with all that being said right I don't really know if I have a favorite. I don't think I really care that much for a favorite this week. You know, I'll, I'll give the picks and everything, but it just, it doesn't feel like the all-star race should. No, I feel like the all-star race has been a colossal letdown the last few years. And it's, it's a bummer to watch, man. Even it's when like it was ruining Christmas, even when it was at um, Charlotte, the, la- the final, like two to three years. It was awful. Yeah. They killed the cars. They didn't give anybody a chance to really, you know, no. get up there and race. No, they're too busy about trying to make the all-star race too fun. And then they also decided, oh, hey, let's like choke the motor. Let's, you know, open up like every air duct possible for the motor, but we're not going <laughs> to give the motor any, any horsepower at let's all. Let's make sailboats. <laughs> like, what, what are we doing? Like, what are we now, doing? 
look, it, this is the hard truth, right? I I feel like there has been some renewed faith, you know. In, so. so, my favorite is still Chase Elliott to win at Texas. Okay. I do think that. Look, the next gen car has provided some astoundingly good racing so far at places we haven't expected it. Yeah. This is where, with all of that being said and all that disappointment, right? This is still going to be a race that I will watch or at least want to know what happened in and study it because it's the first time a track with this new car. They've never been here. We know the track has historically been destroyed by the PJ1 because it's made it like a half groove racetrack. You know, yeah. even in the groove, you're just shit and it's terrible and they opened up the track where they shouldn't have and it was wrong banking and whatever but if there's somebody who seems to understand like that vibe i guess that you get from the all-star and like the kickoff of unofficially like summer seems like it's been chase elliott lately and they do already have a win this season on a track that similar ish as far as grip maybe speeds we'll see texas used to be like a speed monster but okay favorite i'm gonna go chase elliott i guess somewhat reluctantly Interesting. Why? Because he's going to not gambling, some... are you? I'm I'm not gambling, but this is All right, good. might he's as well be. <laughs> he's going to pull some bullshit out of his ass and win this somehow. Mm. I got no other reasoning behind that. I don't know. Okay, it's a vibe. Yeah, it's, it's a vibe. Uh, sure. No, it just it just popped in my head. So okay. I'm like, All right. I just wanted to make sure that, like, you know, because now you're you're talking about drinking in the early morning hours, and now we're talking about gambling on clearly a horse that's got like three legs, <laughs> a horse that has four shoulders. <laughs> this is a horse that's been cut off at all four shoulders. <laughs> BV, this is what you get. I hope you're listening. <laughs> Here we go. Oh man, if you know, you know. We're gonna go with even a more interesting one. IndyCar, Indy 500, pole. Pole. My, my gut tells me Scott Dixon. Okay. Because the car, they've run terribly this season. They're not doing well at all, but he's now angry. And I feel like you look at like a Tom Brady, you look at a Jimmy Johnson. Well, the next one in line is a Scott Dixon because he's, he surpassed yeah. Dario Franchitti in wins and championships. Like that guy was the, the goat. He still is a little bit, in my opinion, for a modern era IndyCar. You know, Scott Dixon's, he's, I'll put it this way. Scott Dixon in my head is more talented than Kyle Larson, right? Like if you think about the amount of raw talent he has and he's raced dirty, he's done all these other interesting things just for the sake of putting him into the scope of people, right? He, he has this way about him that you can tell he doesn't, he carries the team with him. And needless to say, the, the team is now getting frustrated and so is he. I think that they are able to work some sort of magic to get Honda up there. It seems like Chevrolet has a pretty good stronghold on the speeds right now, but I think that they could change that. So I'm going Scott Dixon. I'm going with the Chevy. You're going Scotty McLaughlin, I'm sure. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm is going he... him the next three weeks. What you mean? <laughs> He's a three, right? Yeah. 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 I'm going him the I next mean, three weeks. That, that to me is not a bad pick. To me, oh. that's a Hendrick pick. You lazy Full, <laughs> whatever. I mean, like, I've also chosen two nines, but yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look, here's the hard truth. Also, with IndyCar right now, 
Yes, they are not exactly 100% equal. So everybody that's all these now drive to survive snobs talking about, oh, IndyCar system off the shelf slower than at GP2 series. Like, I've, I've, we know we've heard a bunch of that shit. You look at the Indy 500 now, you look at how the watch, cars are. I, I, I would love to see some DTS fans be like, oh, IndyCar is slow. Yeah, okay, go race one. Mm. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, hang on. Aren't the top speeds at the Indy 500 faster than anything F1 comes close to in a season? You hear this? Yeah, you sipping your coffee instead of your tea? Just me sipping my coffee. Yeah. Because huh. that's huh. America, huh. baby. What? what? IndyCar gets up to what? 233? Sometimes 234? Oh, God, dude. Their trap right? speeds were almost 240. Oh. In oh. testing, their trap speeds were 240-ish. What was, what was F1 so far this year? 216? Something like that. But huh. like, eat shit, F1. <laughs> <laughs> they're just different, right? They, they deserve to be respected and watched they differently, do. right? Because if Formula do. One Obviously, car, I was joking. I don't want F1 yeah, to eat course, shit. It's more the fans there. But, you yeah, know, I always fans, have to rip on someone's fan base. Um, the fans don't seem to understand and where I was going with this is that there is differences in technology. There are areas that you can develop in IndyCar. And it, why is it so important? Because that engine formulation is commonly used by both Chevrolet and Honda. I was going to say, it's funny. Honda's in IndyCar. Huh. Mm-hmm. That's bizarre. Right. And who else? Who else from the, uh, that? That Italian American guy that I really look up to, uh, Andrito. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Andoretto. <laughs> huh. Huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, what, what's the other one? The one that just came over that have the really ugly cars in the 500 that could have been gorgeous if they just followed a golf livery. Hmm. Um, What's hmm. his name? Hmm. McDolans? Huh. Brown? Hmm. Hmm. Mick McBrown? McBrown? <laughs> Zach McBrown? Zach McBrown? <laughs> Brown and McZach? Dude, that is one that is one guy in F1 I love to sit down and talk to. They're changing Zach the Brown. name from McLaren to Brown Laren. <laughs> <laughs> that is one dude that I'd honestly love to just sit down and talk to. Zach he's, Brown? Like, yeah, he's as much like, as we're He's like, cars, motorsports, go, let's go, let's do it. Like, let's do the damn thing. <laughs> Zach <laughs> Brown is the director of motorsports for McLaren, for those that aren't catching on to what our jokes mean. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, there's a lot of teams from Formula One that have now looked or been in IndyCar yeah. or are still are in IndyCar. Penske was an F1 at one point. Now they're in IndyCar. Gene Haas is rumored that if he leaves F1, he's going to still go to IndyCar because Stuart Tony Stewart is also interested in going to IndyCar. Tony Stewart wants to build an, you want to see, like, you see what we're, we're going with here? This is a series that people want to start putting money into. And uh, I in get that Chevy's. In 10 years, IndyCar is going to be on the same level, if not past NASCAR. I think so. I 100% think so. And with all that being said, it's worth watching because there is still technological competition. That was the whole point of this whole dope railing rant all along, is yep. that there's still a lot of areas that manufacturers can build an Indy car. So with a Chevrolet being the top, I still hold by, I guess that's why Dixon's crew would be yeah. like pushed by Honda to be like, should we really lean this car out? Should we really rich in the mixture? And all of our NASCAR fans are like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean rich in the mixture? <laughs> We're going like full Cosby special here. <laughs> God damn. So what's the next category? You know you can keep it. They don't, nobody cares. I know. Just be on the ship. Uh, oh, no, it's a fine. Dark <laughs> it's horse. Fine. Dark horse. Um. Oh Jesus! Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh no! 
oh no. <laughs> There's no fucking way of keeping that. <laughs> I need to get more coffee. <laughs> you know what would be better if you kept all this and then just put the beep oh shit what's the next one the dark horse for what (laughs) um um Shit, which one would you rather do? Well, IMSA's not running. I thought they were this weekend, no? They ran mid-Ohio yesterday. Turner won. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did see that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, I really want to do an F1 pick because I feel like that's pointless. Well, we are heading to... Uh... Was it Catalonia? Yeah, I don't know. I still don't. I don't see really, really a point in a pick in F1 just because, you know, there's so much to Formula One. There's one you need like to f- four guys that could win. Right. It, it's, it's just. Yeah. I think what I would rather go with. I mean, I like the, just going with some other Cup Series picks, I guess. Well, but yeah. then again, I don't really like. Yeah, I don't really want to do the All-Star. Like. <laughs> Mm-mm. It's just I'm not inspired. I don't feel no. inspired by the All Star Race anymore. No. Well, let's do an maybe... F1 pick. Let's do an F1 pick. Give me an F1 F1 driver for your favorite. For Charles you. Leclerc. Leclerc. All right. Then I will go oh, opposite of you. This. I will go opposite of you. Mm-hmm. And I'll go. I'll go with the uh, the the fancy. The fancy energy drink. <laughs> the fancy energy drink guy. Which one is that? The guy that tried to swindle Haas? The rich energy no, guy? No. The ones that own a f- team, you imbecile. Fuck. Oh. Red Bull. Oh, my God. Well, which one? We're stepping. That's why I said I was going to go yeah. opposite of you. All right. I guess my first <laughs> my first thought was the guy that owned Rich Energy with the big beard because you said the big energy guy. I didn't hear if you put an S at the end of it. The expensive energy guy. Yeah, the, the energy guy. Like, yeah. I literally thought of the guy for Rich Energy. Like, the guy looks like Santa went to, like... <laughs> Santa, <laughs> like Santa went Santa south went to, and got a tan. <laughs> Santa went to Appalachia for the summer. <laughs> Something weird happened. <laughs> like, <laughs> somehow it became British. That's what he looked like. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, boy. I don't know about the next. For this week, I feel like that's... I do know who a dark horse could be for the cup series. If it matters, definitely Tyler Reddick. I think it's finally, he's the dark horse to break through and get that win. I mean, by your stool, by your standards and rules that yeah. we, we made for this, right? Like, yeah, I know I'm against that and I get it, but I don't know. He still hasn't won. So. Yeah. 
I mean, I think if I were to go with the dark horse from NASCAR. <laughs> fuck, I don't know, dude. What the hell are you? Don't spit out your drink. Spitters are quitters. <laughs> well, I, well, is this a politically incorrect category for this? <laughs> I'm realizing is Dark Horse a politically incorrect way to categorize these things? Because I, uh, I, well, I'm just, I want to make sure we don't get in trouble for anything. <laughs> I, I don't think so. <laughs> Now I feel like I can't pick certain anyone for my dark horse. <laughs> Who are you going to go with for your dark horse? No I already said Tyler Reddick. I'm just thinking out loud. <laughs> oh, God. Um, let's just stay away from. Yeah, let's get back on track. <laughs> I think my stay away from is me. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. What is that? Oh, no. <laughs> I don't really know, man. I mean, I, 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 it's tough. I almost want to say stay away from maybe William Byron because there's something going on with that car, that team that I don't know. He, he knew better than to keep pushing yesterday. He checked up really bad in Darlington, which arguably you could say he drove the car out from under him. You know, like I just, I think it's, there's some ground to stand on and hold some water to say that he's making some mistakes right now. Yeah. So I'm going to actually, yeah, stay away from William Byron. Who was your dark horse ah, in the cup series? I didn't, I didn't come up with one because, you know, you started freaking out there. <laughs> well, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, laughs and uncomfortable <laughs> um i think my stay away from chase briscoe mm. why i haven't seen him done jack shit lately besides bristol dirt race this car has been torn up spun around or just playing bad for Weeks he now is, the he's not been having a good time. Or aside yeah. the Bristol dirt race. Hmm. Yeah. Who's your dark horse? I don't have a dark horse. I, I legitimately don't. You, wait, why, now you that's why pick I said someone. an F1 driver. That's why I said F1. Because I legitimately <laughs> didn't have a dark horse this week. Well, that doesn't mean you get to just like, because I feel like knowing you, you're going to put a post up like after the race on Sunday and be like, oh, his dark horse was <laughs> Kyle Larson wound up winning the All-Star. <laughs> all right, well. If I had to pick a dark horse, all right, hang on. Give me 30 seconds. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to actually get a dartboard and I'm going to put everybody's picture on it. It's random mosaic. I'm going to toss it at it. And there's going to be like other people's pictures that have nothing Michael to do McDonald's. with racing. Why stay away from Michael McDowell? He finished oh, dark fourth horse. yesterday. He's dark horse. Oh. I'm, I'm down with that. I'm down yeah. with that. He had actual speed yesterday. Yeah. He was there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. These are solid stay, picks. Stay away from his Briscoe. I have written them down. Yeah. Yeah. I, <clears throat> maybe if, um, I don't know, maybe we should put a poll up or something. <laughs> 
Maybe we should ask everybody like what categories they would want us to do picks on. Maybe we have like two stay the same and a couple that rotate or like uh, fan vote. I don't know. I think when something starts up here in a few weeks and that's going to take the place of dark horse throughout the summer. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Certain short track series. Or uh-huh. a bunch of retired dudes and then like two or the three guy that the, the guy that watched the A-team and was like, we could do this with NASCAR. And then you've got Greg Biffle and like <laughs> some guys in like a walker. <laughs> he he put Helio Castroneves, Greg Biffle, um, El- Javi Labani, <laughs> Bill Elliott. All of a sudden you have suits that range from like Elio Castroneves size to like Ryan Newman, 2009 size. Like they're trying to put suits on like the Michelin man. <laughs> They've got like bench seats. It's like say, then you have Ernie there. Francis Jr. Come in all of a sudden. It's like, Hey, <laughs> yeah. Right. He's just like fully in shape young guy. Like yeah. I, 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 we're talking about SRX. We'll, we, we will get there. We will explain that. It's oh, yeah. everybody. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hi, yeah. <laughs> all my windows are open. I hope everyone heard that. <laughs> I, I honestly think that SRX puts on some of the best short track racing. If you want to look at professional drivers of the highest level of motor. Yeah. yeah. I just think the cars are kind of ugly. I said it. I mean, I like them. I like the simplicity. They look boxy to me. Yeah. They don't, don't go like fast boxy. enough to need to worry about aero. Right, so why is there the Charger Daytona wing on it? I feel like that car would look so much better if it just had a like a just regular. Because f it, are you gonna are you gonna go against the minds of Tony Stewart and Ray Evernham and question their engineering? Yeah, race yeah, cars? I guess I, yeah. When it comes well, to yeah. race cars, <laughs> yeah, okay, Holy yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. Why not? We all we all went to school, okay? Yeah, why not? Ah. <laughs> Stretching, not pointing at my degrees yeah, you're behind me. Rubbing your own cock right there. We get it. <laughs> I trade you one goat and two chickens. <laughs> Sorry, my cock ran away. <laughs> it's time for him to fight. <laughs> he went into the ring. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> NASCAR dosage cockfighting association. <laughs> I want to do that now. We can really add bets to this shit now. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll have chickens that are like real race teams and drivers. It'll be great. <laughs> We're going to continue this conversation off, off recording. We'll see you guys next week. CJ, as always, it's great to have you on here. Buddy. We will have the results of our first cockfight <laughs> next week for you. Stay safe, everybody. <laughs>